Just a brief talk tonight. Um, don't feel like, like I have a lot of words inside tonight. But what I want to talk about was actually um, uh, a continuation on a on a theme that came out of the talk I gave last Tuesday. Was about um, how the uh, the past is included in the present and the, and the future is included in the present. I want to focus more just on the past and the present and the relationship between the two and how that's related to, to the practice of Zen. Um, and it was prompted by um, there's a novel which I'm reading at the moment. Um, I'll just wait for Chris to turn off the air conditioning. The one on the far right, you often have to push it a few times. That's it. There's a novel which I'm reading at the moment, which is um, um, about psychotherapy, actually. And it's both very funny and very informative. Um, but there was a phrase which jumped out at me from the book, and that was about how um, uh, we understand we, we understand our, our present through the spectacles of the past. We see the present through the spectacles of the past. And uh, if we're to understand another person, it's to, it's to see through those spectacles of their past and to their, their present experience. And um, there certainly is a truth to that. And um, it would be part of the, um, the nature of um, psychotherapy itself, where we look at how past events shape the way people are, how they relate. You know, how they are in the world with themselves and others. So the past is certainly um, an influence. Um, and yet in Zen, with its emphasis on living life in the present moment, it seems to me that we do have um, at least glimpses where we see into the present moment as it is without the spectacles. Mm -hmm. And they may be brief moments. And maybe... It's not possible um, for us to see the present moment as it is, um, completely clear and completely objectively, without it being coloured by the past whatsoever. I don't know whether it can or can't. You know, from a pure Buddhist point of view, you would say it can. But a lot of the neuroscience would say it can't. So I'm not going to say yes or no because I don't know. But we've come closer to it. Seems like we certainly can experience more of um, the moment as it is and life as it is um, without it being coloured by our past conditioning. When you look at it within the nature of relationships, and this is a, um, an intervention I've, I've created for working with couples in couple therapy, and it seems to work to um, one degree or another. Um, is that people in an intimate relationship who've known each other so long for, you know, five years, ten years, fifty years, um, will build up um, a view of the other person based on past interactions that they've had. So the past colours the present. Um, we look at that other person through the spectacles of our past relationship with them. And when people are in 
um, ongoing conflict um, in relationships, what they're often doing um, is <clears throat> uh, thinking negative critical thoughts of the other person and going over the negative interactions that have happened over weeks or months or years or whatever. And it's like there's a picture built up of that person. And whenever we look at that person, we project that picture onto them. And what I encourage couples to do on both sides is I say to them, well, when you go away, the, the homework to do is not to dwell on whether your view is right or not. It might be right to some degree. There may be some seed of truth in it because you've lived with this person long enough, you know them. But what I want you to do is not keep going over it or ruminating on it. Uh, people drive along in their car or they chop vegetables or whatever they do and they, they, they sort of mindlessly ruminating on some critical aspect of their partner. And the more that they, they invest in it, when they see their partner the next time, all that is there. It colours the interaction. They don't just see the person as they are. So I get people to try and just watch when they're ruminating negatively and to drop it. Just come back into the present moment with what they're doing. You know, come back to your breath or just come back to driving or whatever it is, chopping the vegetables and just noticing the ruminating pattern. Because if we're stuck in that, um, not only is it creating a sense of dissatisfaction for ourselves, but the other person can never change because we've got such a fixed view. And maybe they might do actually something that's really compassionate or joyful or nice for us, but we don't see it because it's coloured so much by the past. Um, in Buddhist terms, we refer to this as kind of a, a karma or a habit energy. And we all have a, a habit energy from the past that we bring with us. And it's our practice to break that conditioning, to break the habit energy. Like one thing just leads to another, one thought leads to another. We build up certain fixed views about life. Um, Zen practice is about taking off the spectacles mm -hmm. of the past and just seeing it afresh for what it is. That's what those couples are doing, or they're getting closer to that when they when they do that little intervention. Karma simply um, is the view um, that there are consequences to our actions in the world. Mm -hmm. That's all, really. Um, however, we look at the past often in, in two different ways. In the world of psychotherapy and counselling are often looking at the past, particularly say childhood issues, adolescent issues, in terms of things that have happened to us that have harmed us. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the past that we talk about. But very few people actually talk about the past in terms of the things that they might have done to harm other people. It's always amused me, you know, talking to people in counselling over years and years, the number of people who will recall that they were bullied in school. Now, I don't doubt that they were bullied in school, but no one ever comes in and says, I was a bully. 
in school. Hmm? Hmm? Strange. Everyone was bullied. Hmm? Where are the bullies? If I reflect back on my um, childhood growing up um, in primary school and high school, if I'm honest with myself, I was bullied at times, and I was a bully at times. I was both. And I think for a practice to be complete um, is that we, we have to look at the sort of the, in a sense, the how we were harmed aspect of it because those things did happen in our life. But for it to be complete, there's also the, the Buddhist, Buddhist ethics side of it, which is about the, the, the ethics of not harming. And we need to say, see where we harmed as well as the fact that we were harmed for it to be a complete practice. Mm -hmm. The giving and the receiving of it. Um, and in our present life, for it to be a complete practice, we need to be aware of those two aspects. Mm -hmm. um, one of my criticisms of psychotherapy is it can tend towards narcissism, which is all about how I was a victim. Mm -hmm. um, and yes, those things do occur. Um, but for it to be complete, there needs to be this other side where we actually are willing to look at what we might have done to harm. Um, and we all do it in unintentional ways, intentional ways, ways which are kind of mild, you know, not, not too um, dramatic or angry. Um, but sometimes it's just, it's not necessarily through anger, it can be just through not thinking, you know, or insensitivity or neglect. Um, there's no one who's really free of it. But um, the nature of all practice is to look into the truth of things. Mm -hmm. um, looking into the truth of things doesn't necessarily mean looking into the dark aspect of life or the negative. It's positive and negative. But it does certainly need to address those both aspects of our karma, you know, the things that happen to us and the things that we also um, do in the world which may create separation. The more we work on breaking that habit pattern, um, the more our life then naturally comes into the present moment, the less it's coloured by the past. So, again, more words than I thought. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go.